You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Sintok, has your cough cleared up? Mm, yes, mostly. <laughs> did you, I put in our behind the scene? Did you read that m- message I put in the behind the scenes on aschoolie.com? Nobody else would have seen it. No. I put it, I just put it so you would see it. I, I put, um, coming up at weekend, we review catfish now with 50% less coffee. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that 50% I less. I would say coffee. 50% less, but it hasn't, <laughs> it's not gone, gone, no. No. You, so you had, might hear a few. Uh, Throat clearing. You didn't go to the doctor either. I did, but then it's a long story. Yeah, I realized I had when I signed up for the same insurance as last year. They have different rules, and it's no longer a twenty-five dollar copay. It's a six hundred dollar deductible, and I would have spent about two hundred dollars total. And I've been to my doctor many times in the past, and this is what she does a lot. Well, I'm glad you came in today. So, um, why don't we do this? You go ahead and try X, Y, and Z. Just go ahead to the pharmacy and get you this over-the-counter stuff. And then come back in a week and we'll see how it's going. Now, that means I would have spent $110 just for the office visit. Plus, now they charge you an extra. She was going to do, like, a culture or something, you know, from my throat. That would cost, like, 50 And then part of the exam would maybe include a chest x-ray. God knows how much that would be. So... I chose to just do some home remedies, and next month when I go for my well woman visit, which is 100% covered. And that's actually in two and a half weeks, because I looked. At, I have my yeah. on my calendar. Did you know? Did you realize? What? When your next visit for that is due. You don't. Yeah, because last year when you went for it, that day I wrote it in my calendar to tell me every year. Oh my God, you're so because sweet. Because you'll say to me, when is it due? And then I'll, I'll tell you. I would never ask you. No, you have done before. No, I would just... I know it's February. My last one? Well, I know exactly when it's supposed to. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. That's so sweet. So that's the story of the cough. And I've got some lemon and honey right here next to me and a glass of water. You've been less coughing this week, I must say. Yeah. Um, even during sleep. It's because I've been taking a lot of Tylenol PM and drinking a glass of wine. Excellent. I know. Wine <laughs> is the cure. All right, so um, this is um, Sunday, January the 16th, 2011, and this is num- after the show number 155. I think we're nearly at the three-year mark. It's around the Oscars time, isn't it, when we hit, like, a the year, like we've another year. 156 would be three years, right? 52 ne- times three. That would be next week. All right. All right, so, uh, yeah, we've nearly on the, been doing this podcast for three years, which is amazing to me. It is. Um, so, the movie we're reviewing this week... longevity. What was the pre, pre-discussion? pre uh, About your thing, we just did it. Oh, that wasn't what we were talking about. The before, it wasn't, but that, you know... <laughs> that could run along... That, that's a big subject. That's a whole podcast in itself, right? Open-mindedness. That was the uh, the thrust of it. I might be too open-minded. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and I, I pride myself on being open-minded, but man, you don't have a line to cross for being offended. I don't... There's something missing in your brain. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's not the first time I've been told that. Anyway, <laughs> the movie we're looking at this week is uh, Catfish. This is the Blu-ray release. It's a 2010 movie released on Blu-ray and DVD on the 4th of January 2011, so just recently. Um, there's nothing special about this disc. There's no di- DVD. There's no digital copy. It's just the Blu-ray. Um, 
in a very plain case with no inlay or anything. You know, it's pretty bare bones. Um, and the cheapest I could find it for online was $35, which is insane for a bare bones Blu-ray release. Considering I just purchased mm. the Social Network Special Edition 2-disc Blu-ray for nine ninety nine from Amazon. You do understand why, right? They're going to make less of this one and more of that one. I do understand why, but... Supply and demand. It's still $35 for one movie is... Because really they made less. Because less people will buy it. Correct. So they got to make a higher price. But anyway... Um, Economics. Then. It's from our friends at Universal, and... This movie became known from... It was entered into the Sundance Film Festival 2010. That's where people started hearing about it. So... Uh, you're going to tell us what this movie is all about, and you're going to disclaim this a little bit. I'm going to disclaim it from now for the next 20 to 25 minutes. If you don't want to hear, because we're going to, ha- it's a, it's a, you can't not spoil this movie. It's right? the kind of movie that we could say one word about it or two words, yeah. and it, it, that's you, sh- you don't need to know that. It rips the heart out of yeah, it, yeah. and for us, because I knew absolutely nothing, and that's the way you should go into it. So from this point on. If you want to hit the little forward, 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 forward until you get about 20 minutes, 25 minutes or further. Or drag the little bar. Whatever it is. Mine's if you're on your PC. Forward. I'm on a Zoom. Um, do that because I would hate to spoil it. If you have the opportunity right this minute to stop this podcast, go watch the movie and come back and then listen. Fair enough. But if you don't give a shit, fine. Keep listening. <laughs> so to sum up this movie. Documentary. Um, internet relationships can be fraudulent. Basically, how you sum it up. That does spoil the movie. That pretty much spoils it. So if you kept on listening after that disclaimer, it's your own fault. But that's it. Um, A dude seeking a certain kind of... Not seeking, but coming across a certain kind of relationship. And then on the other end, a woman who portrays her life as something that it is not. And somewhere in there, they find... Still find a friendship, but in the process, it seems kind of... I'm still not convinced it's 100%. But we'll get into that. I, 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 I don't think it's false or fake. And uh, maybe in the, maybe they did some parts of the movie again or after the fact. If you get what I'm saying, maybe certain things happened. They didn't get it on film. Then they filmed it. Oh, I didn't think about that. I'm thinking about like what was their motivation from the beginning? Because it starts with him. He took a photo and a little girl painted a picture and sent it to him. And let him know about it. And then he started taking more photographs and sending them to this little girl who was eight years old and painting these amazing paintings. And then he struck up a friendship with the mother and a friendship with the daughter who was 19 years old and he's 24 and blah, blah, blah. I was thinking that motivation Now, at that was. point, when he's exchanging these pictures and the paintings and this little well, that's girl... that's an interesting thing. The but his brother decides that. to make a movie of it. This relationship, this online relationship. Now, what was his motivation if he didn't know, if he didn't suspect or know? What was he thinking? Oh, he's going to meet these people and be happily ever after. That's not interesting. Which, but it could have been. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not convinced. I mean, I try, but I'm telling you, my skepticism just kicks in, and I try really hard not to see, think I'm that not as skeptical as you, anyway. Yeah. And I see this as a real... It felt very real to me. I don't think you could It did. I don't think, unless they're amazing actors, <laughs> especially the woman... That you could fake that. No, I, mean, I don't think that's fake. I'm talking about the filmmaker's motivation. They, I feel like they had to know something mean, was up. 
like earlier they, than they let like, on in the movie. His brothers tell him, "Oh, I got this amazing painting from this eight-year-old girl that I met online," and the brothers like, "What? Where'd what do you mean, mean earlier?" Th- At that point, when they decide to start making the movie. And the brother's thinking, this is going to go somewhere weird, because this can't be for Maybe real. Maybe that's why you did think. Yeah. I just feel like that. And then, you know, they're kind of a little pretentious, and they're a little bit too citified, but they're just city young men, and artsy, and photography, and making just a came, film. To me, they come across as the, that kind of person, so... Yeah. I mean, it's not... There are people who do those kind of jobs sure. and live in that kind of way. Sure. Um, they, they already had a production company because he was in the production That's what company I mean. Well. If it's all, if they've already got that for sensibility, the then making... you turn this circumstance into something more than it is, maybe. Oh, well, let's say it was, let's say um, if it was fake or if it was real, I, my personal thought, I don't feel it's fake, but mm-hmm. I, I could see where people could say, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I think it has value either way. I agree. Because the actual story, if you just look at it as a narrative, is it's so gripping. I didn't take my eyes off the screen the entire time. It's it's a really good story. It I is. mean, just the way it's told, they do some really things that make it seem more real than I mean, hyper real is like they use the internet as a storytelling device, which I'd not really seen before, only in glossy Hollywood yeah. movies. But they use, like, Google Maps to track a journey. So you're not doing the journey, but you're seeing the journey over a Google Map, which we're all familiar with at this point. You see Facebook conversations that you see every day on the screen. Yep. They film the screen in a really interesting way where it's close up and you can see all the pixels. Yeah, I, yeah. I really like that design choice, how they've done that. It was almost like they did it on a shitty CRT monitor and got the camera really close. I think that's part of the artsiness of the um, brothers. Yeah. Um, but I think it. One of the words on the cover of the movie is suspenseful. It absolutely is. It's like a Hitchcock suspense movie because I didn't actually know where it was going. I knew there was. I mean, it starts off very hopeful and lively. Even the music is all. It leads you to believe this is going to be a nice, uplifting, and it takes a dark turn fairly quickly. I mean, where we start to think, oh, maybe this isn't what it's supposed to be. And then it obviously is quite dark. I, I was, I almost couldn't look at the screen sometimes near the end. Like when? The woman, she makes me cringe. Because there's a men, you know, obviously a mental, I don't know what you would, emotional illness or a mental illness. I don't know which one it is. But it's so creepy when she keeps saying, I really like your eyes. That oh, that is one. creepy, yeah. It was freaking me out. I was like... That like guy in that, that room, she, I would have been weirded yeah. out by that. Completely weirded the out. The person that she sees herself as, or that she was in her youth, and the choices she's it's made out in her life, where it's her life is so real, mm. with the kids that aren't well, and the, the house in the middle of a small town, and all that shit. The person she perceives inside of herself as the life she wants is the complete... I mean, you couldn't get more opposite... So when she has those moments where she can flirt, or like when she leans on the car. I don't know if it's horrible. I think it's I mean, just, it makes me uncomfortable. It's like a clash of what she perceives herself as. I mean, she's living in a dream world that... In her mind. But then she turns around and, and functions in a real life that seems very unhappy. Yes. But not it's not like grungy and dirty and horrible and shit. It's just there's some realities that are 
that would be almost impossible to cope with with for anybody. I couldn't see where this movie was going. Like when they decided, we're, you know, they get duped over the internet. Basically, that's what you said. Um, they start to figure out that we didn't yeah. explain that the nineteen-year-old. How old is she? Megan, the 19-year-old girl who is telling the main guy in the movie that she loves him and stuff and, like, wants a sexual relationship with him. He's getting excited. They flirt with each other. They They talk on the phone. They chat all the time. She's got hundreds of pictures of herself on her Facebook profile. It starts to become obvious to him that there's something rotten in Denmark, as they say. Like, something going on that might not be what... It, it appears and in be. that portrayal, the portrayal of that budding relationship, because you and I met on the internet, we met on ICQ, and that that giddy, weird, I'm an adult, but I feel like a 12-year-old girl with a crush on somebody feeling every time you see your email, and every time you the your name pops up on ICQ, and every time you send a little note that just says, hey babe, I'm thinking of you on my way to work, and my heart just fluttered, and I'd feel like embarrassed when I'm telling people, and you kind of get that grin, and you kind of tip your head down like, well yeah, I, I mean, I haven't met him yet, but I mean, he seems really cool, and then you don't want to tell people the whole thing, you don't want to tell them that you call each other babe, or... That you've discussed you coming to visit because then they're because eventually when you do they're like are you because this was 12 years ago this yeah. was a totally different world back then people thought we were nuts right mm. but that was portrayed that sort of like that sexual excitement even when there's nothing to it except pictures and mm. some innocent little chats and this but this feeling of like wow i really connect to this person and you feel embarrassed when someone, like, in the flesh is asking you about it. And he had that look on his face. And he had that sort of mannerism. That's what I'm saying. That it was, to me, put, not didn't seem fake. Because that was it's extremely good acting if it, if it was not being portrayed straight up. Yeah. But um, when it does deep dawn on him that it might not be real. And they decide to go on the trip. Just turn up at her house to have a look. That's when it started getting really uncomfortable. And it was... Like some of the best, I'm not saying horror movies, but suspense movies I've ever seen because I didn't know. You know the scene where they turn up at the actual house and say, and he keeps saying, they walk in towards the house. He's got his hidden microphone and they've got the hidden camera. And he's like, we're just going to knock on the door and introduce ourselves. My heart was beating because (laughs) I didn't. I don't know what, what it was going to be. I didn't know what this movie was, really. I didn't... See, I think, unfortunately, that my, my time, my mind was already flooding with how real is this, how real is it not. And I'm, I couldn't pinpoint anything, and I'm watching really closely at their mannerisms, at the... And listening to their tones of their voices. And so I think I, that a little bit of that was lost on me, except for I tried to put in my mind what I would feel like. What I felt like at the airport when you showed up the first time. I had to put in my mind, is this mimicking that in any way? Because they are coming face to face. So some of it was lost on me just because my brain was ripping apart with the, is it real, is it not real, is it real? But then I guess that's a certain kind of suspense. That's what I'm saying. Um, And my total look on that is real or not real at all. The story's still valid. Yeah, yeah. And very of the time of, you know, you would think of this Catfish movie, a 2010 movie, when you think back. Right in the middle of the Facebook revolution, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's Facebook, like it or not, is a household name. It's not just an underground thing that people do. It's like everybody does it. Yeah. In fact, I heard somebody describe Facebook the other day as what Facebook used to be was, you know, all your cool friends. 
they're all on Facebook. But now, even people you know that are not cool, they're also on Facebook. And the cool people have left. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, your cool friends might be on some other thing now, like Twitter or whatever, but... I don't know if that's cool anymore. Well, whatever's the flavor of the week. But what I'm saying is, I do I, I do agree to that, like, because... You know, Facebook is bigger than its sum now, isn't it? I mean, it's... I mean, you don't use it the way I do, and that's the weird thing, isn't it? Like, I told... Mine's the complete opposite of the way you use it. I just use it to play games. Yeah, and I don't use it for that at all. I only use it to keep... Um, like, see what people are doing. People I physically know. People I've known in my life. Like, for real. Not friends I've made online or anything. Only people I know pictures of their kids and going to prom and every time somebody's birthday pops up I'm glad that I know because I wouldn't have known otherwise you know people I went to high school with and all that kind of stuff no I'm not being funny here but I see a um I've looked at Facebook and um there's obviously in this world women and men <laughs> and I think women do use it the way you use it and I think men and uh, a lot of my friends are men obviously because <laughs> I'm a bloke use it the way I use it. I feel it does have a split down the middle. I mean, some men obviously look at what their friends are doing. And st- I mean, oh, I, loads. I look most at what, of, Most of the people on my list. But do. I see a lot of men playing games. Poker, whatever, Facebook. There's billions of Facebook games. I, whenever I see men's status updates, it's always, send me this in Mafia Wars, play me on poker. But when I see women, it's like, here's a picture of my high school prom thing, or here's my daughter going to school. and You know, I think that's how it's used, really. Because women are obviously a lot more... Caring and sensitive? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We give a shit about life and people and emotions and all that, and men just care about getting a gun in Mafia work. Correct. I think that sums it up, really. It does. So, um, I, um, I'm highly for this movie. I really liked it a lot. Um, I I think occasionally it skirts the line of being a little too, um, film schooly occasionally. I just see that a as because t- of them. Because yeah. that's what they are. They're like. kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's not a... Str- if you say, oh, it's a documentary, blah, blah, blah. It's not a documentary. Let's be real. It's a film about a, a some experiences. Real a, or not real. It's or a whatever. really well put but together film. But it is film. extremely edited. Oh, yeah, Extremely course, course, produced yeah. in a way that they've added music. They've layered looks. They've layered camera angles. You can see, though, he's holding the camera in his hand all the time. Yeah, and a lot of it is really low frame rate, shitty looking camera footage. Right, and that's all combined to make it an artsy presentation to a degree. So sometimes that overrides it for me. But then there are times when it's just straight up in the room where she's drawing and he's sitting there. It's just the camera sitting there and the un... The impact is this awkward situation, and you're just sitting there watching as if you're sitting in that chair. So I just really good. like the style of it in general. I mean, I liked how it was edited together. I think it was actually really, really awesome editing because you never lose the thread of it. No. It's fast moving. It doesn't feel like an hour and a half. I felt, it literally feels like 40 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a time I just I didn't. I was like, okay, get to the get to it, do something because. The journey is really intense, I think. I think that's the word for it. Yeah. Um, I feel like I could never be a filmmaker because when they talk about in the extra, like, oh, when we had our first screening, blah, 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 I'm like, that means to me, you've cut it together, then you want these people to tell you what's wrong with it, then you're going to rearrange some shit, and then you're going to show somebody else. I'm not that way. I would be like, this is it. If you don't like it, don't watch it. (laughs) If you don't like it, then that's fine. But it feels like, and when they start talking like that, 
it feels less like a documentary and more like a film. I also think it's quite emotional. Not that documentaries aren't film. I think it's quite emotional. Um, I think the ending part, and I'm talking about just black screen with words on it, is actually kind of spine tingling. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like some of the revelations that... And the revelations they come... The conclusions they come to. Yeah. The main guy about, well, I'm, you know... It's not just one-sided here. Everybody wants something from each other yeah, that maybe like it, we're not... Like, and that he really thought it through. He didn't not, just judge this person. Right. In fact, that is that is one of the main good things about this movie. Very that, good. That they don't just go, here's this woman who duped us. How ha, horrible ha, is she? Yeah, and ha ha they ha. Look at this crazy person. took it from this other side where we're better than that. Like, let's see why this well, We're not happened. even better. We're the same. Yeah, I mean, let's see why this... Let's not just make fun of this woman. Let's let her... Make a connection with her in a different way. Yeah. We've connected this way, which is totally fraudulent, or is it? Yeah. Because you share things with each other, or, you know, that... I mean, what they say in the extras about Facebook and the way you present yourself online is always a lie. Well, I disagree. I'm not saying I put my worst photos on I think on it's Facebook. true. I think... I know I think what they say is true, because... If I took a bunch of pictures of you, like someone you're in bed in the morning, half asleep. Well, physically, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but physic- not personality. Well, but at least physically, we would. I don't lie about ourselves. the things I like. I no. don't lie about my points of view. If somebody says something I don't like, I comment. No, on but it. I mean, even if it's one, even if you had twenty photographs of yourself and you were like, which ones am I going to put up there? Always the now, best ones. By rights, you should put all <laughs> twenty of them up if you don't care, right? But no, you censor yourself in in that way. I so. guess I think like this: these people do know me. They know what I really look like. Right. I'm not lying. There's nobody out there who doesn't know what I look no, like. And at any moment, if they said, look, let's do a video chat, and I'm sitting here in my scrubby shirt and no makeup, I'd be like, okay, whatever. So it's not like, I mean, I'm justifying it now, but... <laughs> no, I, I think we all do, and I think what they were saying was... And I was thinking of it when they were saying it, in the extra they were saying what we choose to put on Facebook and these kind of sites is a censored version of ourselves because we kind of manipulate it. But they made it sound really severe and I disagree no, with that. No, I, I think they were just saying in any way. And I was thinking, well, in what way do I... Yeah. Well, I don't mention some things because I don't believe... You don't it's... even have your own face on there. No. I, oh, yeah, I do. If you look in my photos, my own mm-hmm. face is in there. But what I'm saying is I don't mention every day-to-day thing that that is... I don't... I'm not going to say stuff here, but I don't say everything about myself. Yeah. I am... Um, you pick and choose, don't you? What would you leave out? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say. I mean, I'm not going to say personal things that happen in growing up. Or, I'm not going to say them outright. On right. It. So you do hold back, don't you? You don't just... It. I don't hold back, but the same applies to you in real life. You don't say those things to people in real life. It's not like you're changing for Facebook. It's not like you turn around and you spill your guts to every person you meet face-to-face. No. You don't talk about that stuff to anybody, right? I don't particularly just spill my perception of every person I've ever met. But online, if the subject comes up, I'll talk about it. I don't care. I don't lie. I don't, you know, cover or pretend or, like, I don't put in my profile or whatever you say, like, things that I'm interested in or shows I'm interested in just because it's cool. In fact, I'll do the opposite. Sometimes if I watch something, I won't even put on there, like, that I watch Top Model. And I guess this is self-censoring. And there's a way of, another way of um, self-altering. Okay, you know, in general everyday life, you love watching Dexter. But you might think that, oh, everybody watches Dexter. I don't want to be amongst them people. Yeah, so yeah. you don't say 
that you watch Dexter, but there you just put in a personalized version of yourself. But then again, in me, I wouldn't. I don't go around telling other people in life that I do either. No. Like I don't. But still, I think they are right. Sure. About, definitely, everybody's guilty of it that they don't. But I guess we censor ourselves in the face of every different person. You act different with your boss than you do with the clerk at the grocery store. So it's no different than that. It's just you're more anonymous. Um, you wouldn't come into my house and meet me in person and go, Oh my God, you're so different no. than I think you are on Facebook. I mean, or on anything, because I'm not. You know I mean? I'm the same. But um, I think the movie's got an awesome story to tell. Yeah. Um, you know... I feel like it's really of our lives, of our times. It's not exactly what you'd think it is. Because for me, I didn't know exactly where it was going to go from the meeting part. I kind of knew when they said we're going to go and meet them. I didn't know how that was going to... There's quite a... There's a dude who comes who's not the dude that has advertised as well. Uh, What what was he called? Vince. Vince, you know. I thought that might have ended up as something else. You know, he seemed a bit... Seem very friendly, but you never know, and you know it's it's quite real. Like I felt like I was in that situation with them, trying to being blasted from all sides, and then there's like lies coming from here, and you blatant lies right in front of you. And then you find out that she lied to him. So when they come to the doorstep, and the Vince guy shows up, he's surprised and he's elated. Yeah, because he thinks this guy. That's amazing that this. This New York guy who's buying her paintings is coming to visit. Come, it, welcome to our home kind of thing. And then you're like, what is he... Why yeah, is he being so friendly? I don't know <laughs> if we mentioned the paintings uh, that started off this relationship. Yeah. From the girl, the little girl, Abby. Never came from the little girl, Abby. And came from the woman herself. To me, that's the biggest blow of all. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest lie of all. And secondly, she was lying to her partner. Yeah. Telling him that she was selling them to this... Filmmaker guy in New York. Um, when just she basically told you everything. When she about was, the movie. yeah, when she was actually um, sending them to him for free, not taking money off him. Well, there was yeah other things mentioned in the extras, but um, yeah, it's it's a labyrinth of lies that when you think about the lies that she had to. I mean, it was very elaborate because when she actually admits to it all and tells you what she was doing with multiple accounts and cell phones. It wasn't no easy task to no. keep that going, was it? I mean, and you think all of that creativity, all of that energy, and her paintings are very nice. Yeah, all of that put into this one thing. Now, obviously, whatever happens now from the film, but I mean, all those years of her life that she could have been writing novels or writing plays or anything, but instead, it was it was just funneled into this sort of self self satisfying world. You know, it just seems like oh, I hope that it. Cracks open for I her hate the way, else. I hate the way she at the end where she sat there kind of sobbingly, not sobbing but this weird, and then he wants her to speak like Megan. Yeah, it freaked me out all that part. <laughs> I was I was gritting my teeth. It was like I don't know. There's something sad and disturbing, and all at the same time, like you know. More than, like, I can be disturbed by, like, a horror film or something. When someone could be that deceptive just as a person, yeah. you wonder, like... Ugh. Like, what's going on there? Like, I mean, obviously what's going on, because you see mm-hmm. her life. It's not... She's escaping from her she's life. She's escaping from her life, but she's also ruining some other people's lives. I'm not saying that this guy's life was ruined, because actually what came out of it was this movie, right? Which 
See, that's another reason why I question some of the authenticity of it all. I mean, obviously it ended up with a very, very sellable thing. And a very big topic to discuss, and they, you know, all that, but... Yeah, but you, just, you don't know, do you? <clears throat> I mean, and... I won't believe if a documentary is real unless I make it. <laughs> and well, then, so the one I saw last something. night, I will believe is 100% real, and I'll mention that in my okay. movie recommendations. So we're into 20 minute mark, so people can be skipped over it now? 27 minutes. Excellent. So, um, let's move on to... I was going to move on to the cast, but like, there's literally yeah. one, yeah. two, three, four people in the movie. There is four people. Very watchable, very um, engaging people. Not I people like you'll know, no. obviously, because they're unknown people. Not now, but <laughs> they are. Um, so I say watch it, whoever you are. Yeah, I think it's absolutely a movie of now, isn't it? You know, the social network is... I've heard this referred to as the other Facebook movie because it came out at the same time as The Social Network. We'll be reviewing The Social Network in a couple of weeks, by the way, if anybody wonders. Um, but I've heard this is the other Facebook movie. And it does have enough mentions of Facebook. They don't <laughs> They don't call it, like, Gracebook. Or, no, 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 no. It's literally... Sure. Everything yeah. that's used is real stuff. Don't know if they have... And then, to be honest with you, it doesn't speak highly of Facebook because of it being the the censor between you and the world. So it's not necessarily a rave review of it. Yeah. Oh, no, we're, we're past the spoiler part, so... Yeah, so, um... No more spoilers. Blu-ray extras on... Um, one thing I would say, you don't necessarily have to see this movie in Blu-ray, because while it looks good in Blu-ray, the best you, you'll see it. Hmm. It's all done on handheld, sometimes done on webcam-type, um, low-frame-rate, kind of messy-looking camera stock and stuff. It's, the Blu-ray's not going to help it in any way. I mean, the DVD's probably right. fine. Um, but, you know, if you're into the best audio and visual, you're going to see it. But, you know, most of the time the microphones are from little tiny lapel mics and webcam mics and stuff like that. So it doesn't sound great or anything. It's not that kind of movie, is it? No. It's not... It's Trump. not Avatar. It's not Tron. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> so while the Blu-ray is fine... Don't think it's hundred percent necessary. I think you'd have a just a good a time watching it streaming on Netflix mm-hmm. if it and it's not on Netflix yet, but when it is. So um, there's one extra which lasts thirty minutes. So and it's called um, Secrets Revealed: Exclusive Interview with the Filmmakers. So it's literally what I just said: an interview with the filmmakers. They're just sat in a room three, interviewing, the three. interviewing themselves. Yeah, they've got question cards. Um, they didn't quite make it clear whether they wrote them cards uh-huh. or other people had asked them questions. But I like the questions they ask each other because they don't beat around the bush. They ask the... But we don't want to reveal because people are we're past the spoilers. Correct, but they do ask the questions you were yeah. asking earlier. I know you still... Yeah, doesn't it? But yeah, they do. <laughs> they ask the questions I wanted answered, so that I thought that was great. Um, I'd like to... I would have liked a bit more, maybe, like... I don't know. All the footage? Yeah, because they did say there was more stuff. And they did say other things happened that weren't in there. I would like to have seen an extra where they show the people at a screening. I kind of like those. I don't want question and answer, but just, you know, exit interviews, which I normally would hate, but I think this one would be interesting. It might be a movie that deleted scenes actually would be good for. You know, like sometimes we say, oh, here's some deleted scenes, but they didn't make any difference. But with this, it might have been interesting just to see some more. 
Um, so yeah, you've got the one extra. It's thirty minutes long. I enjoyed it to be honest, as much as I enjoyed the movie. So, um, in conclusion, on Catfish, I really liked it. So did I. Really liked it. Um, I feel like it's really. It touches a nerve, obviously. We met on the internet. Now we're happily married. Almost coming up on how many years? Eleven. Eleven. Next month. And so that strikes a chord. And then there's the, we live, where mm-hmm. we live in that world of communicating through internet, cell phones, you know, particularly Facebook and that. So I feel like, do you feel like in 20 years, that the way we talk about Netflix, Facebook, and Twitter, what... There'll be something else. Well, right? those because like we can still talk about NBC, ABC, CBS, BBC because those things have been around for a hundred years, right, or whatever. But will the things that we find so culturally woven into everything we do be around in twenty years, or are we into this thing where everything's just going to cycle out because people will tire of it, you know, unless it becomes the way you communicate. That's the only thing I can think. I was listening to something this week with Kevin Rose from Dignation talking about. He's he likes to see things move on. I think a lot, you know. And he was talking about how Facebook's boring now. When's the next thing coming along? Because he's because <clears throat> he's a dude. He's ready to jump to the next thing. And how Dig is six years old now, and it's not quite as popular as it used to be because he said it's super hard to keep anything on the internet relevant because there's always somebody else chomping at your heels with a slightly better version of what you're doing. So. um it's just the the internet, how it works, isn't it? Because one day, this, something can be big. The next day, nobody cares. The thing about Facebook is, though, I can see it sticking around because of people like me. Not because of people like Kevin Rose or like you, who don't give a shit, really, about what people are doing. You think, oh, whatever, I don't really care about my friend's kids. It's nice to see him, but whatever. People like me, who I go from year to year now... And I will go through someone's pictures and go, oh, that was her high school graduation. Oh, look, that's her wedding pictures. Oh, here are the wedding pictures of my niece's wedding. And loads of people are interested because they couldn't go or they didn't realize she was grown up. And it's a, it's a, like a, like a diary for all of us to share. That's the way I look at it. You know, and even if somebody's posts are constant, um, oh, I just had up and had my first cup of coffee and the sun is rising and it's a little cold in here and there's this one woman that's on my thing who I know. And that's basically what her posts are. And lots of links to things that she finds, videos and stories and art and stuff like that, you know. But that's it's like a journal of her life. And while I'm not interested in everything she says, if that goes on for years, you have that that you've shared with people that you care about or who care about you to some degree... And I find it really, like, what if I follow somebody and we, you know, I communicate with them constantly and I find all the things on a daily basis and when they're gone, say they die, you know. I was just about then to I say. Think, then I think I've got this of them. These I was just about to say. These somebody... that I would never have had with them before. I wouldn't have had all that time enjoying their recipes, enjoying the YouTube videos that they've watched. I would have none of that. And I have so much... To me, it enriches certain relationships. Because I may not talk to my niece every single day, but every once in a while she'll crop up with a link to something that she's interested in or a photo of something. And I'm like... I feel more connected to her. To her, not the thing. Right. Well, the thought I was just having was when somebody dies, should their Facebook be... um... I think it's up to the family. If you know how to access it, then you can. But Facebook's not going to know you're dead. Um, Facebook, if I... Say, um... It'll go inactive after a certain amount of time. It doesn't. 
It will. You can still look at it. I don't think so. I think it deactivates after like a year of, of no activity at all. How does it? I think if you haven't logged in for a year, I think it'll huh. be deactivated. So, in that case, everybody dies. <coughs> the Facebook identity goes away. <coughs> Unless I knew your login details and was... No, well, then, going there. then you would be... <laughs> Keep posting. I'm still dead. Yeah. <laughs> I am posting this from the grave. <laughs> Somebody's going to be doing that. You know that. Somebody somewhere is going to... Yeah. <laughs> It's dirty down here today. And I think, to be honest with you, if, you know, say in 20 years, you know, my mom's almost 70, say in 20 years, if Facebook's still around and I have all these different things, she doesn't post a lot, but there's been a few things, or all these MSN chats that I've had, let's go off the Facebook thing, but I have loads of MSN chats, loads of emails that we just, you know, ramble back and forth, back and forth, and I save them all. That's a communication that isn't me having to go to her house and sit in a chair and talk with her face to face, or even talk to her on the phone. But it's a kind of communication I can hang on to forever. I can go back and go, oh my god, that was so hysterical when she... I sent her a video of this cooking thing and this is what she said about it. That's hysterical. Like, I would never have had that. If it was all about, oh, let's just have a five-minute conversation on the phone. Or, you know, I have friends who don't see email and Facebook as a way to communicate at all. They don't get it. Hmm. They only want to call you on the phone. And I'm like, that's nice, but then it's gone. You know, I feel like maybe I like to hoard... These things. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, in conclusion on Catfish, we both like it. Yes. I, I recommend you see it. I think... Um, it cracks open a lot of conversation, for sure. I think that's its main... I think you can have a... I think most... The, the, a lot of the enjoyment of it would be a discussion you would have afterwards. Some people might go, oh my god, I, I, I don't ever want to go on Facebook. Some people, people might go, go, like, I can't wait to get on Facebook. Some people might question some relationships that happen now, like... <laughs> Uh, really? I've never seen that guy, or I've right. never seen that girl, or I've never seen them two people at the same time. <laughs> What's the deal? So, um, yeah, Good. recommended. Um, if you want to enter a contest, see the site for details. Next week's uh, Blu-ray review will be Death Race 2, which is, we saw Death Race um, a couple of years ago now, Jason yeah. Statham. I feel the need for a low score. I've been rating everything pretty high the last Well, Death few Race weeks. 2 is the prequel to... Um, Death Race, which I don't know if... It was the prison with the... I, no, I totally remember it. I can remember it start to finish because I'm Death Race 2000 lover. I love Roger Corman's Death Race 2000, which I made you see yeah. after we watched Death Race. It was crazy. It's the better movie of... It's better than... Oh, new, totally. Yeah, yeah. Even that one has nothing to do with it, in fact. No, it doesn't really, does it? And it's a shame because it's so awesome, like the original concept of it. Wacky um, races in real life, really. That's what it is, isn't it? With violence. Wacky yeah. races with yes. Um So, yeah. Death Race 2. That's what we'll be reviewing next week on Blu-ray. So, um, come Ooh, back then. Oh, I'm so excited. You might like it, so don't... There's been plenty of movies where you've gone, no, True. no, and then liked it. And the week after will probably be... Don't make any problems Whatever. if you can't keep... <laughs> sort of my work, I was going to say. Uh, anyway. So, um, movie recommendations for this week. Um, I saw a movie yesterday which interestingly fits in perfectly with this one because it was a another official 2010 Sundance entrant and uh, it's a movie called Restrepo and it's a true life documentary and when you said I don't believe documentaries this one I didn't say that no I mean they could be kind of a bit of baloney fabricated this one isn't at all and what it is is it takes part in. It takes place in 2007 in Afghanistan, and it's a 
a platoon of US uh, Marines. Um, nowadays, they have head-mounted cameras, all of the Marines, because they keep records of everything through video. So all this footage was taken from the head-mounted cameras of this troop of Marines. It opens, and I'm not spoiling anything. The reason it's called Restrepo is one of the soldiers' second name is Restrepo, and he dies very, very... I mean, he dies pretty much on his day one of his tour of duty in Afghanistan. Um, <coughs> this becomes so important to this little team of young men who are there fighting that, that a whole... They take a hill. You know, like in war, you have to take certain positions. They take this hill from the um, Taliban, and they name this uh, uh, Fort Restrepo. So the story is about this fort on this hill in Afghanistan, which is in the worst part of Afghanistan where everything goes down. And these ten men who fight for literally two years in this bunker, lying in this bunker, is heart-wrenching, it's very real. You've, it makes you think, oh my God, people are living this day-to-day. Uh, what the hell? Like, like everything's really easy and for... Every, for yeah, us. for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, because these guys are lying in their own shit in a little bunker, fighting snipers on a hillside that are three miles away from them. You know, it's it's intense. I, I think you should see it, to be honest. It's on Netflix. That's where I watched it. Um, highly recommended. I liked it more than Catfish. Rest repel. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Not for the faint of heart, let right, me say right. that, because it's, there's some graphic depictions of war. They're not depictions of war, they're actually war, so... I mean, it's not... It's not a uh, drama. Right. It's a real... Uh, probably the most real... You know what I've said to you before? I don't really get the grasp of what's going on in Afghanistan, because I don't... I can't... Bond, I don't know any of the people, and I don't know what they do on a day-to-day basis. Well, once you get to know this little platoon of guys... And then see what they do day to day. It kind of hits you like of how hard that job is. Right. Because you're literally just laying your life on the line every second of the day. Like Because some assholes can't it's, can it's leave crazy. the world alone, right? It's crazy. Um, so I recommend that one. It's on Netflix. Really easy to find. And the other one that is on Netflix also, on the documentary tip, is uh, King of Khan, which you've also seen. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite documentaries of the last couple of years. <laughs> I really like Super Size Me, but I went with King of Calm because I think less people will have seen it. Hmm. And it's about what do you call the stuff? Fructo- high fructose high corn fructose syrup. Corn. Not so much that. It's about the American agriculture system and how the corn industry has. Uh, it like, also, <clears throat> the documentary filmmakers ha- buy some land and grow some corn on the land. And then we take the trip of what happens to Khan and where it eventually ends up. And it's a really interesting trip that yeah. you would probably not realise where Khan kind of goes. Um, and and a- the politics and the mobster atmosphere of farming these days. Corporate yeah. versus small-time farming. Food Inc. is another good one, but yeah, King yeah. of Khan is a um, really good documentary. Both Restrepo and King of Khan are both on Netflix. If you have Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And mine are... <clears throat> Gotta forget what I said. Oh, as good as it gets. And I don't know why, but the idea of two people coming together who are from different, completely different perspectives. You know, Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. Oh, Helen Hunt. Oh. <laughs> and that their lives are so different 
and this is a total drama. I mean, you know, it's just obviously it's a fictional movie, but I don't know why I thought of that one. As good as it gets, it just came to me like, and it's awesome. I mean, it's got a little bit of kitsch to it, and it's quite Hollywoody, but it's really. I could I can see it in my whole mind right now, and I want to watch it. You know, like in I'm your really, whole mind, in my whole mind, it's like <laughs> there's a movie screen in my brain right now, and I can see it. I can see them going up the stairs, and he says, "What if this is as good as it gets?" No, he's in the he's going in to see the psychiatrist, and he says to all the people in the waiting room, "What if this is it? What if this is as good as it gets?" And they're all like, "What? Are you, what? <laughs> you know?" So it's awesome, awesome. And the other one is the first season of Third Rock from the Sun, which is. <clears throat> People in a life that isn't their own, you know, not really. And it's a comedy, obviously. These people are from another planet and they're living in America and on Earth. And it's really fun. The first season specifically, John Lithgow, the dude that you liked from Inception, you know, the filmmaker guy who, at the in the extras, he was making his own documentary. Love it. He's, he was a kid in it. He was the kid in it. Um... Yeah, it was, yeah. And it's really funny, and it's really observational about what our expectations of each other and the roles that we all play and all that kind of stuff, and I think that uh, that just came to my mind. All right, so that's movies for this week. Games and Ace Gully stuff. Uh, I've got Dead Space 2 coming soon. Yes, coming soon, 25th of uh, January, so I can't speak about it apart from I like the demo, which I said last week. So that'll be the the first game of this year that I will be playing new. Been playing a lot of Need for Speed Hot Pursuit this week. In fact, so much of it, I nearly got all the achievements. Um, and I did, in November, say I didn't like it. Ah. I totally turned... I'd say I turned around on it. It's... One of... It's... I didn't think it was enough like Burnout at first. Made by the Burnout guys. I didn't think it was enough like Burnout. But now it's absolutely like Burnout. I feel like I'm playing Burnout, so... That's what I wanted. I know it isn't a burnout game, but it does feel like it. Right. It's really fun to play. The online is spectacular. You know, cha- cops and robbers doesn't get old just chasing each other in cars. You know, it doesn't. It's it's like the first person shooter. You know, sometimes you're the ro- sometimes you're the racer, sometimes you're the cop, but the actual visceral feel of chasing a racer in a really fast car and trying to pull them over and bust them, it's like a shooter game. You know, it's it's really thrilling to play, um, and finally. This is all I've got for this week, because there hasn't been much. Um, I picked up a game that I actually bought back in back on Halloween. Um, it's Double Fine's um, Costume Quest. Now, now Double Fine are the, is Tim Schafer, the guy who made Brutal Legend. Plenty of other games before that, but... Um, Psychonauts was one of them. But um, Costume Quest is a downloadable Xbox Live Arcade title based on Halloween. It's like a RPG... Halloween RPG where you trick or treating around a neighborhood and the premise is on Halloween these monsters have come from this other realm to get candy because it's what fuels them in their other <laughs> realm and because on Halloween all the kids are dressed up and stuff they're a bit confused as to why these little monsters in this world that they've come through to have candy in them when, when you shake them and stuff so, <laughs> so it's this funny you know cartoon style RPG now only thing I can say wrong about it bad about it because I absolutely love it in fact there's an expansion pack for it which adds another five hours onto the story which I think I'm going to just buy straight after I like it that much but I think it cost me ten dollars at the time I finished it in five hours I'm on the final boss now there's no no more to do 
it's not very long for ten dollars five yeah. hours um it was a good five hours so i, I i'm a bit torn like because we spent eleven dollars to go see tron a person yeah it's i feel like I, I got more value from this than right tron. so the ten dollars might not be it just sometimes seems oh wow that was seen i paid ten dollars and like because you can't play it again really it's a one-shot yeah. deal you know really fun though i have to say it's like cross between final fantasy like the role-playing turn-based oh tell about the costumes you collect costumes i know but in the game well it's got this funny fantasy element as you're you're the kids in the game um and you collect costumes you collect all the parts for the costumes you find them around the town and stuff but once you get a costume whenever you battle you become whatever that costume is but you grow really tall. Is there a princess costume? No, but some of the costumes are hilarious. Like, there's a Statue of Liberty costume where your special move is, like, throwing out Abraham Lincoln's head. <laughs> and there's, like, a a monster costume where you're disguised as one of them, them monsters. Ah. So they don't figure out that you're not one of them. There's um, And are you a little kid rattling around inside there? Yeah. Or are you just... Oh, right. And there's a giant robot, like, out of the Transformers. And there's a... Shield and and then there's there's one part in the game where you go to the mall and there's a fancy dress Halloween costume contest going on, and to win you have to win the contest and all the judges are around the mall. You have to go and find the judges and ask them, oh, what kind of thing would you like to see in a fancy dress costume? And they give you a little like clue, like I prefer costumes that are chivalrous. So then you've got three people in your party. Once you've spoke to them all, you've got to try and figure out which costumes would win you the contest. Right. There's all little puzzles like that. It's just really fun. I um, highly recommend it if you like simple RPGs. Because it isn't complicated. Right. Anybody could play it. I think kids would have a lot of fun just with fun, it. Just fun. Like it's, Ghostmasters or something. Yeah, it's very funny. All the well, They don't have dialogue. It's all speech bubbles. You have to read it. Um, Ooh, that could be the thing that discourages people. <laughs> I kind of like it because... Uh, it adds to the charm of it, if you know what I mean. It's like one of those old RPGs, like from the SNES days or whatever. But the graphics are really good. It's um, all 3D, so it's Costume Quest. There is a downloadable content that came out recently, five dollars, and it adds another five hours to the story, which I was thinking was pretty good. Because and that one's, it's a like you have Halloween themed. This new story is called Grubbins on Ice, and the monsters are called Grubbins, and it all takes place in a snowy environment. So I'm thinking it's more like a, the Christmas-themed right. continuation of the story. Um, but five bucks for another... It seems better. The price seems better, if, if you know what I mean. So I think I'll get that, because I really enjoyed what I played here. So, uh, yeah, that's all I've played. And I played some more Gran Turismo uh, with my wheel. play that pretty much every day, if I can. Um, not much to report about that, apart from I'm just plodding through it. It's really fun. That's fun, okay. Plotting yeah. through doesn't sound fun. No, I mean, I'm, I'm at an area where I'm just trying to get more money to get cars. So it kind of isn't 100% fun right now because I'm doing races I already did. Right. But I'll get to a point where there's a bunch of new races and that's when it will become fun again. That's just how Gran Turismo works. It's car PG. Right. As they say. So, uh, yeah, that's it for me for this week. Uh, so what is for dinner this week and now? <laughs> We are going to have what I'm calling the Rubenesque sandwich, which is, I love Reuben sandwiches. We don't eat meat. So I found some 
hints and ideas about how to make some like a tofu Reuben sandwich. So that's what I'm going to attempt. I've got the tofu marinating right now in the seasonings, which is like allspice and pickling spe- seasonings and stuff like that. And then on the and then I got some sauerkraut to put on that sandwich on a nice wheat toast. And I made some. The stuff is supposed to be like Thousand Island dressing or like Russian dressing. It's like mayonnaise, but with like a tomato like element. Tons of flavors. <clears throat> oh, tons of flavors. Yeah, but it all goes together beautifully. So that's what I'm hoping for in the end. And um. On the side, we're going to have some rice and beans and some corn. I think that sounds good. And, of course, for dessert, the famous Mem's chocolate cake. has been oh, baked yeah. and is cooling in the refrigerator, in the, in the kitchen now. We also want to mention here, just quickly, um, we watched Shameless last week, which is um, Showtime's new show with uh, William H. Macy. Um, what Did you like the uh, first episode? I did. I, I'm not sure how long I'd stick with it. I, I feel so like it's very... Um, um, I don't know. I liked it, but I'm not sure how much I'm going to be interested in the outcome of every week. It's on tonight. I, I think I, I kind of enjoyed last week. I just think they had to do a lot in one episode yeah. to establish. I think it might get better. Actually, I don't think William H Macy was what was good about it. I think the girl, whoever she is, was what was good about it. Yeah, it just seemed like everybody was. I don't know. Was a little bit too pigeonholed all all the way through. But you know, it's TV based on so. a British TV show that is very popular. They're on season eight right now. So, um, no, I've never seen the British one. I've seen the guy who plays Frank Gallagher in the British one, and he reminds me of um, what was the guy in EastEnders with the long hair, always sat in his. Oh yeah, Miller. That, yeah, reminds me of Keith him. Miller. Looks yeah, looks yeah. dead like him. Um, so yeah, I, we'll, I think we'll watch tonight, see how it goes. But um, you know, yeah, you might be watching it on your own after that. <laughs> I'm not. I don't dislike it, but I don't feel like investing an hour a week in it. These people I already know. What's going 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 down? I don't know the exact plots, but I'm not that interested right. in the dynamic. Well, I'll watch it on my own. I mean, I'll watch it tonight with you and oh. see what happens. Because that was the pilot, and this will be like the the start of the season. So we'll yeah, see. I'm William H Macy. Awesome. Good to see him in something on TV. Yeah. Apparently, he was in ER for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he was. He was. I didn't even know that, but, but I, I read some reviews going like they didn't mention any of his movie work. They were like, uh, "Yeah, Shameless. It was uh, pretty good." And uh, William H Macy is in it. Uh, the guy who you've seen in ER, not Magnolia or anything like that, just <laughs> ER or Boogie Nights. Yeah, no, nothing. Was in Boogie Nights. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He's he been was, in a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, he's awesome. Like but, um, that one that we always forget, Main Street, Maine and something. Remember where they go? That State small and Maine. State and Maine. That was really. Yeah. That was one of my favorites. I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that, and uh, that's everything. That's everything. I have nothing to say. No meaning of life. No stories or anything. All right. So thanks for listening to the podcast. I want to remind you about our websites: aschoolie.com, sitar.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> but don't lie to us on Facebook. Um, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Marketplace, the Zune. No. <laughs> the Zune Marketplace, the <laughs> iTunes Music Store, the RSS feed. Just go to the aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can do everything you want to do with the podcast there, including just listen to it on the page. You can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk at SidTalk.com. <laughs> That's and the real one you just gave out there. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
And uh, stay classy. You can email me if you're going to talk about this show. I don't care. Right. I'll respond, but you might go in the junk mail, so what can I do? And stay classy, everybody. And I'm going to say think for yourself. Think for yourself, everyone. Or if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. <laughs>